0: this is binghamton now on news radio 1290 wnbf binghamton and wnbf.com
1: where news breaks first news radio 1290 wnbf here's kathy white
2: good morning it's 75 degrees at 904 the dew point currently is 65 that is in the humid range the forecast calling for increasing clouds, a hot day today, a high in the mid-90s, a slight chance of showers and possibly afternoon thunderstorms. The National Weather Service in Binghamton is projecting heat index values to possibly climb into the triple digits today as the mercury gets to the mid-90s and the dew points clock in at the upper 60s to low 70s. A heat advisory is in effect for Broom, Tioga, and Tompkins counties in our listening area from 11 a.m. until 8 p.m. New York Governor Cassidy. Hochul yesterday issued a call for residents across the state to prepare for the extremely hot, uncomfortable, and dangerous spike in the heat and humidity. Heat index values were projected to reach up to 100 in parts of the southern tier, once again that includes Binghamton, and possibly in the triple digits for the mid-Hudson Valley, Capital District, and New York City. The values could only be slightly lower into the 90s for the Finger Lakes, Central New York, and Mohawk Valley. The New York State Department of Health says heat is the number one weather-related killer in the United States even though heat-related illnesses and deaths are preventable. The governor's office warns the heat in the summer can lead to formation of ground-level ozone, which is a major component of photochemical smog. The New York State Department of Environmental Conservation and Department of Health issue air quality health advisories when DEC meteorologists predict levels of pollution to exceed an air quality index value of 100. While it may be tempting in the heat to invoke your inner child and take a dash through the hose, 21 counties are under a drought watch, and residents are being encouraged to consider serve water. Good news is none of the counties in our listening area, the nearest one over past Tioga County and Chemung County under those drought advisories. Two Tompkins County men are accused of possessing child pornography and exploiting children. New York State Police say 42-year-old Ian Marsh and 22-year-old Matthew Marsh, both of Enfield, were arrested Tuesday and charged with felony possessing a sexual performance by a child. Officers from the New York State Police Bureau of Criminal Investigation and the Computer Crimes Unit conducted their investigation after authorities got a cyber tip. The men have been ordered to appear in Enfield Town Court later on this month. An Owego man is facing felony charges after village police investigated an attempted assault on Temple Street. Police say 24-year-old Brandon Barney is charged with felony, criminal possession of a weapon, and felony attempted assault with a weapon. That weapon was identified as a knife. Police provided no details about the reported assault attempt or the intended victim. Barney was turned over to the Tioga County Sheriff's Office for his booking through Tioga County Centralized Arraignment. With school just around the corner, local health officials are keeping a close eye on the infection trends for COVID-19. Recently, there had been a drop in overall new cases, but the number of serious illness requiring hospitalization and deaths in the Southern Tier have been up as the new variant of the coronavirus has rapidly spread. While the number of people in the hospital in Broome County reported yesterday morning was down slightly by eight from the previous day, the 42 was more than double the reported amount of people hospitalized a month earlier. In an unusual development this week, Broom, Cortland, Delaware, and Tioga counties all reported an additional COVID death. Broom County's death toll now stands at 536, while Cortland now has 127 fatalities. Delaware, 82, and Tioga County's morbidity from the pandemic has risen to 87. Chenango County's death toll still stands at 124, where it's been since June 21st. Several of those counties reporting a loss this week had not had a new death for a month or more health officials continue to urge people to get vaccinated and get up to date on boosters but also consider wearing masks indoors in public spaces and maintain good hygiene social distancing and stay home when sick a measure to recognize the 211 informational phone service as a vital resource when dealing with emergencies in New York State has final state legislative approval. Assemblywoman Donna Lopardo of Enwell had introduced the bill that would activate 211 during disasters. The Democrat points out the clearinghouse for all kinds of information has been vital during such disasters as the flood of 2011, but also most recently during the health crisis of the COVID 19 pandemic. $400,000 more has been allocated in the state budget, bringing the funding for the phone hub to $2.4 million. The service has long been operational by agencies like the United Way of Broome County as a community resource and still serves that purpose. Residents can pick up the phone and dial three digits to access information on everything from how to find emergency food assistance to where they can donate furniture. The service impressively rose to the challenge during the height of the pandemic and lockdown as it was difficult for the volunteers to be able to get in to man the lines themselves but still managed to keep 211 available for residents to get information on testing accessing food and medication if they were quarantined and also given the vaccination locations WMBF NewsTime 909 The National Weather Service has issued a heat advisory for Broome, Tioga, and Tompkins counties from 11 a.m. until 8 p.m. today. The WMBF Twin Tiers forecast increasing clouds today. Hot. A 30% chance of showers and afternoon thunderstorms. High in the mid-90s. Heat index values as high as 100. Mostly cloudy tonight. A 60% chance of showers and thunderstorms. Low in the upper 60s. Friday, mostly cloudy. A 60% chance of showers and thunderstorms. High in the upper 80s. Saturday starts off with patchy fog in the morning. Otherwise partly sunny, a 40% chance of showers and thunderstorms, a high near 90 Sunday, mostly sunny and hot, a 30% chance of afternoon showers and thunderstorms, a high in the low 90s. Monday, partly sunny, a 50% chance of afternoon showers and thunderstorms, and a high near 90. Currently, it's 75 in Binghamton. It's 11 past 9, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. News Radio 12.
0: Hello, welcome to your live local talk program. I'm your host, Bob Joseph. Enough Dispense with that. Doesn't sound sincere enough. (laughs) Thursday morning, August 4th, we're doing it live at 607-772-1290. Lots and lots of calls. Call us now enlighten me 607-772-1290 email bob at wnbf.com without further ado we begin in shenango forks with barb good morning
3: morning bob anyway heat wave today boy
0: oh i'm loving it baby oh.
3: yeah it, it's gonna be very warm anyway the roundabout's done for the speedy fest yay I'm glad it's all done. I just went through there this morning on my way to work.
0: Yeah, I just went through it. and Man, I love it. Man, I say this is the best roundabout in Broome County without a doubt.
3: And uh, Speedy Fest this weekend. I hope it doesn't rain because they're showing rain.
0: Oh, I wouldn't worry about it. I wouldn't worry about the rain.
3: Anyway, Bob, want to ask you who do you like best for the Speedy, Salamina or Lupo? Because I, I like Lupo, but sometimes when I go to the grocery store and buy their stuff, it's, it's saturated and their sauce too much, mm. too much
0: salt, salt. I uh, I I buy I buy from both. Um, yeah. I probably actually apply more money to uh, Lupos because of buying cooked Speedies. I don't I don't think Rob Salamita has any retail speedy shops where I can go get a speedy sandwich. So, uh, I mean, typically then... I mean, I don't... I, I have to admit, I don't personally make my own speedies, so... But I know people who do, and eh, they seem to be about evenly divided as far as which, which speedies they, they tend to buy. Yeah. I uh,
3: I do the same thing. I uh, cut up chicken breast and I buy the salamina
4: sauce.
0: Yeah, I have friends... Um, and most recently, uh, a friend who uh, made a bunch of speedies and cut up chicken breast, I believe, used Salamita sauce. Yep. Yeah.
3: Anyway, oh, Salamita's number one, Rob, Salamita. And anyway, Little Venice is the bomb. Little <laughs> Venice? No, Little Venice is so good. I buy spaghetti and meatballs there. Oh, all the they
0: time. do great work. And Little Venice. Oh, my they're gosh. They're the guys, are. Their
3: stuff is so good.
0: Oh, yeah. you know, the thing is... I haven't been over there in a while. I I need to go over there and and have lasagna or something. But I have to wait till my I have to wait till my sisters get get time so we can all get together because so we like to bring the whole family together, and just uh, enjoy. And what about the meat logs? Oh, there's there, there's
3: a kill for
0: it. Yeah. yeah. For Excellent. It. Excellent. I have an uncle uncle who's now down in North Carolina, and when he and my aunt get up here, they don't get up here very often anymore. But when they they uh, have come up here. They always make sure to get some of that uh, <clears throat> sauce from Little Venice. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate yeah. your call.
3: Okay, Bob. Hey, you going to be at the Speedy Fest?
0: Well, I probably will be at the Speedy Fest because that's what that's what the people want. Good. You know, okay, you know Bob. what they say: give the people what they want.
3: Yeah. Okay. Have a good weekend, Bob. <laughs> Thanks.
0: And it is nine fifteen. Coming up, some special information from Stacy Duncan, who hasn't been in the studio, I think, in quite a while. So she's here. We will talk with Stacy Duncan in just a moment, and then we'll have more of your phone calls right here on Cool Radio 1290, WNBF, and WNBF.com. Friday on- NWNBF, NWNBF.com with Bob Joseph, and we welcome back to the program Stacy Duncan. You know, you wear so many hats. <laughs> you, it's, it's incredible.
5: Yeah, so, so we, we go by CEO of the Leadership Alliance now, so it's a little more simplified uh, 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 way of saying it's, uh, I, get to, I get to manage the operations of the Greater Brankhamton Chamber and the agency, so yes.
0: So when did it officially become oh, the, leadership the leadership
5: Alliance uh, November of 2019 we are we are already right. three years yeah we, we we welcomed in the new partnership and then got hit with covid so it was uh not exactly what we were uh, thinking would happen in the first couple of years but um, but it's it's a it's a great partnership I'm, i I love it
0: so even though you wear multiple hats you haven't managed to clone yourself yet
5: not yet no mm-hmm. yeah still trying. Mm-hmm.
0: Technology. there's yeah. probably somebody,
5: <laughs> some researcher, I think we've got some some yeah, at, some at, AI at, companies at Binghamton here. University. Yeah. You
0: know, some spin-off mm-hmm. or over on on Holly uh, Street. Absolutely. I wouldn't be surprised somewhere on the yeah. third floor. Somebody yeah. is like, we can start yeah. cloning. My people. kids
5: might disagree with the need for two of me, but yeah, but, <laughs> 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 but yeah.
0: Probably depends. On right. the other hand, at Christmas time, it's true. It's this like, is true. That's in birthdays. Uh, so, yeah. But mm-hmm. and the rest of the year, nah, no we less mom less mom more freedom yeah exactly (laughs) anyway it is good to have you back in the studio and today is a topic um that i I would say most of our listeners aren't familiar with but it still is important it has to do with the unemployment interest assessment charge now at first blush people would say Oh my gosh! I, my ears just glazed over right. because I have no idea what it is, and I certainly have no appreciation for what it means, say, to Broome County or the Southern Tier. Tell us about.
5: This. Yeah, it's it's definitely you know we wouldn't categorize this as a as a sexy topic, but it's an important an important one for sure. You know, and I know you have a lot of business listeners, so so I appreciate the opportunity to talk about this. This is uh, this goes in the category of you know what were they thinking at, at New York in New York State? Um, so you know. We're, we're getting out there to try to, to right the wrong that, that occurred in this past uh, legislative session. So, you know, to, to break it down kind of the, to brass tax, the unemployment insurance has a, has a trust fund, kind of that reserve, that, that uh, emergency fund, if you will. Uh, certainly during COVID, we recognized that people needed those benefits um, and rightly so. Um, But the problem is, is the state had a deficit in that, you know, trust fund prior to COVID, certainly exacerbated by COVID. Uh, So it had reached as uh, high as 10 point, I think it was $10.2 billion in a deficit in this rainy day fund, this emergency fund. Uh, And so, you know, what we, chambers of commerce and other business associations had urged the state to do was to say, hey, you know, you've received a lot of federal stimulus monies do the right thing put this money any unallocated funds that you don't have whether it's cares act funding or arpa funding put that back in in your trust fund because if you don't we know what's happening we know what's going to happen is somebody's going to have to pay the interest on that debt these are federal loans they take out to to maintain the ui you know the unemployment insurance that they that they provide Um, So, unfortunately, uh, the state, unlike about, well, we've been saying 32 states, but I think it's higher now, um, at least 32 states, when they received their stimulus monies replenished their trust funds so you know we asked the state to essentially do the same thing and unfortunately they didn't and now uh, we have a number of businesses every business should check on this um, that are getting these IAS or there's interest assessment surcharge bills and they're ranging we've seen as low as a thousand dollars as high as recently fifteen thousand due in 30 to 60 days
0: that's substantial I that mean, substantial. in this day and age I, I can understand uh, I. I'm not aware of any businesses that can really afford those additional costs. It's already difficult enough attempting to emerge from what we've been through over the last two and a half years with pandemic shutdowns and then restrictions and also challenges finding sufficient numbers of workers to be able to stay open. It just seems the number of challenges that business operators are facing are, I don't know, I, I if I were in business, I would feel overwhelmed.
5: Absolutely, and, and that's what's happening. I mean, you know, in, in no realm that I can find is this a, is this a fair process to, to put this, you know, this interest on our small businesses. Who, who get hit the hardest? I mean, it hits every business, but, but we know the challenges, especially for our smaller businesses. You've got increased fuel costs. You've got wage demand, you know, increasing. Um, you know, you have to pay higher wages to get people. Uh, you've got, you know, inflation. It, we could go through the list of challenges right now and you know the stimulus was intended to keep small business afloat you know and now it's it's kind of reversing and saying well you're gonna help us pay back our debt and it just doesn't make any sense to us
0: so the state comptroller thomas dinapoli a few weeks ago put out a report giving sort of an overview addressing the issue and also uh, as part of this effort with um Groups across the state. You also have written to a, uh, Governor Hochul to uh, call attention. I'm sure she's aware of the issue, but certainly, I imagine every every uh, person in different parts of the state, if they have uh, strong feelings about it, it, makes sense to get it on the record so the governor and her people understand that this is a, a major. Challenge a major problem for many businesses across the state.
5: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the thing about this is that this is fixable. You know, this is there can be a tangible outcome. You know, for for businesses. Uh, you know, so we're encouraging today. You know, we're gonna we're gonna uh, encourage the state to revisit this issue immediately. Get get together. There's already. You know, the thing about this is there's already bipartisan support um, from both the Senate and the Assembly. Um, our state delegation has been champions for us on this issue. Um, you know, to say hey we've got we've got funds Uh, let's let's get back together let's do the right thing let's let's not put this interest on our small businesses
0: if area business operators want more information about this or perhaps want to add their voices to express their concern to those in albany to have this addressed what can they do
5: they should call us. Call the chamber. Um, reach out to myself or reach out to Mina Hoblitz, who's our government relations director, is doing a, f- a fabulous job on, on getting the word out to our business community and, and gathering our businesses uh, together. We're going to be uh, doing a, a press event today at ten thirty at our at our uh, office. Uh, we have Senator Akshar, Assemblywoman Lepardo, and Assemblyman Joe uh, Angelino all joining us, as well as a number of businesses. Uh, you know, we we just got to stay in front of this. Again, this is this this is fixable, there is a fix to this and we're asking that that fix happen.
0: By the way, it's easier to get to your office now than it was yesterday. It's a good day. Notice?
5: It's a good day. I, I got word last night that the uh, roundabout is, is finished. You know, we're spoiled here. I'm not used to having to you know, take an extra five or ten minutes to drive to the office. It's,
0: it's two, two yeah. roundabouts, no waiting. I just, mm-hmm. I, I, uh, experience was over it at the newly opened roundabout about an hour ago, taking some pictures and videos and watching people navigate. Now, there's still finishing work. And and people need to be aware, there are still construction crews in that area around Front Street and Old Front Street. So... Use caution, yeah. but the bottom line is, after uh, I guess it's been about a week and a half that uh, detour where people weren't able to utilize exit five. Mm-hmm. Now that is it's over, it's and over. I have to say, I did a nice job. I bet, I bet town of Dickinson supervisor Michael Marinaccio yeah. is now pleased that he's uh, Binghamton's roundabout king.
5: Absolutely, I know he does. He's got quite a few in his in his uh, geography now, and you know just in time for Speedy Fest, so they said it would be done in time and and they delivered so it's it's good stuff.
0: Stacy Duncan, CEO of the Leadership Alliance. Thanks for joining us Thank in you. the studio. Hope you have a great day.
5: Thanks you as well. Thank you.
0: 928. This is WNBF, 1290 a.m., 92.1 FM and streaming live at wnbf.com. The Illuminati Run, run, and so on and so forth. From WNBF, the station that really cares about the nation, 607-772-1290. As you may have noticed, I've been working diligently to reduce gas prices right here in the triple cities, and I think so far, so good. uh, We reported yesterday that one station where it's down to 419, I believe, at one point, that station was selling gas for about four ninety nine. So I think in the matter of about six weeks, through my diligent efforts with my partners, I've been able to reduce the gas prices for good listeners like you. 80 cents a gallon. I did that. Ron from Binghamton, good morning.
6: Hey, Bob, congratulations on reducing the gas prices. I was just thinking that's one of the reasons I always call here because the show is kind of full of gas, you know?
0: Uh, powerful, cool. powerful. We we are providing alternative energy for America.
6: I like it. Hey, Bob, um, are callers allowed to sing on your program?
0: Absolutely not. Oh, not? Ah. No. Under no circumstances oh. shall a caller engage in acts of singing on this broadcast.
6: Oh my goodness! I I had a I was something I want you to react to, and I was going to lead into it with a quick line from a song, but I guess I'm going to have to recite it.
0: Well, I'll make a one-time exception for you, Ron, because you're one of our best callers. Okay.
6: Well, this is from Rogers and Hammerstein. Uh, They're uh, Oklahoma, and the song is <clears throat> I'm clearing my throat. <clears> throat. Everything's up to date in Kansas. City. That's all I'll sing. Everything's up to date in Kansas City. Now, why am I singing that? Bob, do you have any idea? You're a, a, a astute observer.
0: Oh, I have a couple of thoughts, but instead of playing that game, tell us directly what what the what the uh, reference is to.
6: Okay, uh, Kansans voted to keep abortion rights language in their constitution on Tuesday. And uh, consequently, they rejected the attempt to restrict access to abortion. Now, I'm thinking that possibly this is going to affect uh, the midterm elections more than we might think. Uh, Republicans and a lot of the pundits believe that it's a slam dunk for the Republican Party in November. But I don't know if it's going to be a slam dunk. I think it could be a blocked shot, and in a way, uh, abortion may be the issue that trumps the economic issue of inflation. Uh, Let me tell you why. Uh, You've got women out there, uh, and suburban women particularly, who it's said is they're going to determine uh, so many elections, and uh, they're out there. And they're going to be persuaded, perhaps, to vote uh, what I would call progressive on abortion rather than retrogressive, because what's happening uh, since the Supreme Court made its ruling is that it's moving to the states and possibly allowing essentially religious dogma to guide public policy. Uh, that might fly in Louisiana and Alabama, but elsewhere it won't. I think uh the abortion issue is like a the the iceberg uh ten percent of it is showing ninety percent of it is under the surface, and I think women are going to be naturally persuaded to vote uh in a progressive way on this issue and that it it's going to affect the election uh so you know women got the right to vote only hundred years ago and now uh they're, they're when you get the right to vote you get the right to make a choice and really this is a choice issue for women and i think it's going to possibly affect the 2022 20 midterms in a way that is not expected
0: gee that's interesting. By the way, I heard once that there are more women in this country than there are men.
6: That's correct. And that's part of the 90% of the iceberg that's under the surface. And you know how people wouldn't admit they voted for Trump. Uh they you know, they wouldn't they wouldn't admit it, but they went out and they voted for Trump. Well, they may not admit that they voted on the abortion issue, but this has got to be in the back of women's minds. Now, I'm not. I'm not saying by that that all women want unlimited abortion. In other words, abortion right, uh, abortion right up to delivery. I'm not saying that, but uh, women probably are going to think, well, wait a minute. The first trimester. Are you going to take that away from us uh, and get us back to like the Stone Age or what you call the um, the coat hanger era, so I think that uh, is going to be a powerful issue. Um,
0: according March to 4th, the internet, 5th. and this is the most recent statistic I can find. Obviously, it's it's probably gone up just a little bit uh, over the last two years. But according to the internet, uh, as of July first, twenty twenty, there were about five million. More females than males in this country. So, and my guess is, could be like 5 million, 6 million more now, just because our population continues to increase.
6: Yeah, and not only is that a fact, but apparently about uh, the polling shows about 62% of the country is for allowing. Abortion at some point—that doesn't. What is the? I
0: I don't spend too much time looking at um, polling data, but um, percentage-wise, when they break it down, what's the difference between men and women on that that matter? Is is there a much higher percentage of women than men who want who definitely want to have at least uh, some some right to do? What they want with their body or is it is it not that big a difference I, I'm sure I've seen it before I just don't recall what it is
6: yeah I I'm, I'm not I don't know that that that's a, that would be an interesting uh, statistic to know but uh, it does break down of course by a political party so that you might find also that uh, Republican women may be uh, uh, voting differently than Democratic but on that issue. Uh, and that uh so it, uh, I think it's uh, both a uh, a women's issue and a political issue um but i I think the 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 fact of having the freedom and I'm not saying to choose right up to delivery third trimester abortion or whatever but i I got to think that um a a woman in our country, uh, a woman in our country would be okay with abortion in the first trimester. And and any movement to take that away, I think that may only work in states which have a, shall we say, a religious component. The, The people that voted For Trump, Trump's base is largely made up of evangelicals, for example, and evangelicals are going to be for restriction of abortion. But that's not going to play in the whole country. And I I think it's the, you know, it's the um, fact that may turn the election and we'll have to see.
0: We will. Appreciate your call, Ron. 941 WNBF, WNBF.com. Let's go to Tioga County. Joe and Awego, good morning.
7: Hi, Rob. You had a guest on earlier that I think is what my uh, concept of government and behavior is. The manner in which you addressed the refurbishing or replenishing, I believe it was the uninsurance. The, the unemployment insurance fund where the lady expressed the issue that she had you expressed an interest in it you both talked about the manner in which uh, the issue should be addressed the results that should have occurred there was nothing political about it it was totally constructive and that is the concept that i have of the way things should be done and i guess i haven't uh, Shown that in the appropriate manner, because you and I seem to be further apart than I think we re- we really are. Well, so I, that's think, that's I think I think meant- my concept of of how things should be and could be done a lot more than than the way they are. The name calling, the group a grouping of individuals based on a presumed political philosophy. You and I are about age. We're old enough to remember. Lowell Thomas, Edward R. Murrow, Walter Cronkite, and that group, and the manner in which they discussed issues like McCarthy's hearings on communism and so forth. And maybe I'm too old and uh, too idealistic to presume that things can be done without politicizing them, but I, I will compliment you and the lady that you you had this very constructive discussion. I appreciate that very much.
0: Well, Joe, I appreciate your comments, and I think to your point, in reality, I I suspect that we are quite close in in worldviews. I'm sure, obviously, we have our disagreements, and what I I would say to you, and and to your point that maybe you're too idealistic, sometimes I think I'm too idealistic, too. Maybe it doesn't show necessarily on, on every talk show here, Part of that is because I have to be a talk show host, and if I spend three hours just uh, talking about idealism, people might get bored or tune out or say that I'm I'm not properly grounded in reality. Now, I'm very idealistic, and, and also sometimes I say, and yet I'm also very realistic about what, at the moment, what we can expect. Now, having said that, I'm optimistic, too that at some point in the future, and I'm not suggesting that point is coming up in the next 12 months or even the next five years, I still believe at some point in the future we have the capability in this country of dealing with controversial issues, all sorts of issues. The abortion issue, um, energy issues, uh, foreign policy, immigration. I still think this country has the capacity to get serious about these issues that need to be addressed and come up with appropriate compromises, not compromises that will please everybody, because by the nature of compromise, there will probably be a guarantee that there will be elements that almost everybody doesn't like, but ultimately come up with some solutions or improvements to, to make progress i I believe that still is possible in this country and i I think even though we 're at the moment going through a, a period of time where it see, it seems that we 're extremely divided, and that some people uh, either may be incapable of having thoughtful discourse or maybe they they 're capable, but they just don 't want that. I still think that within time as in at least, maybe a few years that we could start to see the um, the situation improve, and and that the public debate on some of these critical issues won't have to be feel like oh we're not going to make any progress, and everybody is going to leave angry because I I don't I don't think anybody really wants that.
7: Yeah, the, the manner in which. Again, it goes back to getting information, information you can use constructively, and then using it constructively and so forth. But again, I will thank you and your guests for providing an example of what I guess is my idealistic outlook on getting things done. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you again.
0: Thank you, Joe. It's 946. Bob Joseph here for you, live and local, every weekday morning from 9 to noon. Don't take the program for granted. I don't take the program for granted. I feel very, very fortunate to be hosting a program like this in the town where I was born. In fact, I was born, I guess, two miles from here. How many people get to do that? Have conversations with uh, neighbors and friends and officials and talk about the things that are important to us in our area and across the country and even issues issues thousands of miles away. So it's, it's not to be t- taken for granted. It's not to be taken lightly that there is this opportunity for you, if you get up a little bit of courage, to call and talk to the program and actually have a conversation. 607-772-1290 is the phone number. The email address is bob at wnbf.com. I'm Bob Joseph. You're listening. To news radio WNBF. Mode.
4: News radio twelve ninety WNBF. Nine
0: fifty one. Today is Thursday, August fourth, twenty twenty two. Enjoy it. You will never get to live this day again. So make it a great day with WNBF. It's Back to the phones we go. John and Binghamton, good morning. You're on the air.
8: Hi, Bob. Yesterday there was a public hearing at City Council. Uh, you know, that, that council that has fiscal conservatives on it, people that fight for the taxpayer. And uh, the public hearing uh, was regarding uh, approximately $700,000, up to $700,000, uh, for the tennis courts uh, that are not open. Uh, bringing it, you know, in, in round numbers to uh, going from a $1.3 million deal to a $2 million deal. And in uh, going over the stories that have been written, WSKG had a story in February of last year. Cram uh, was quoted as saying there was no drainage issues and that he needed $12,000 uh, to manage uh, the, uh, the repairs. And then your story, some 40 days later, at the end of March, uh, indicated that there would be no cost, uh, additional cost to the taxpayers, uh, and that the courts would be open in July. Uh, Cram also stated that the tennis tournament was going to happen. So this is a good example. I mean, it's almost, we we could have hired the Department of Defense uh, to build these tennis courts with that kind of cost overrun. But... And then he also, Cram, I think it was in the WSKG, and maybe your story, referred to a forensic analysis. So I mean, you know, uh, the public is entitled to know what exactly went on, how how this thing went from it's going to be repaired by the contractor to it's going to cost six or seven hundred thousand dollars more. Uh, where is this forensic uh, report that he has? Uh, why did he misjudge this so bad? And, uh, you know, I mean, this is not asking too much, Bob, but what you have here in Jared Cram is a very young person uh, who is totally, totally and completely incompetent. He can't execute anything. And you have a mayor that's running for state senate that engineered this project. He engineered a lot of projects that would be uh, uh, good for photo ops this year. And, uh, you know, this, this is... Let me tell you something, you know how many uh you could you could have a uh, you want more policemen well it's six hundred seven hundred thousand dollars would hire a few uh so I'm just tired of this nonsense that that this Republican majority and that these republicans uh have the taxpayers in mind uh the upshot is you got a two million dollar tennis court that who knows when the hell it'll open
0: yeah well remember w n b f and this program broke the story exactly ten months ago. When Mayor David was on the program, because he would come on the program to answer all sorts of questions about tennis courts and every other city issue, he never ducked from responding to issues, even if it wasn't happy news. But uh, as my story from October 5th reported, drainage problems must be fixed at the new rec park tennis courts. And Mayor David, on this program... Said that we're not totally satisfied from a quality control standpoint, so we got the ball rolling again. It's always interesting to me when something finally gets finished, or typically when a proposed project gets announced, you get all sorts of fanfare and news releases, and then anytime. That something doesn't go exactly according to plan, it becomes very difficult, not impossible, but very, very difficult and time-consuming to get to the truth. By the way, all I want when it comes to the tennis courts, just give me regular updates. I'm not casting aspersions at this point on anybody. Just tell us what's going on. Give us an update Every couple of weeks, where things stand, and don't make it so difficult. Just let people, I don't happen to be a tennis player. What, what Jared Cram did tell me, he said, hey, I'm a, I'm a tennis player. He, he likes playing tennis, and he was looking forward to playing tennis with his fiance." But, you know, so I'm not saying that it's Jared Cram's fault that the tennis courts aren't open. All I want from Mayor Cram is just updates. Keep us in the loop and just let us know what's going on so we get a sense. You know, again, this if they're going to spend another $700,000, if it's got to be done, it's got to be done. But come on the program and, and explain. thats I think that's thats what city taxpayers would like.
8: Well, when an executive, and this is a corporate or a governmental uh, uh, executive, makes a statement, and particularly if, if they have registered securities out there, which bonds are, when they make a statement, they've got to be basing that statement on something other than the top of their head. There's got to be writings or reports. I mean, when he made these statements, he must have had something in writing from somebody saying that they were going to make it right. Uh, or or he was making a forward-looking statement uh, with absolutely no basis, in fact, hoping that the, the issue would, would go away. But, uh, no, no, this, I'm I'm telling you something. And you've discussed the reporting around here and how it's disintegrated and all that, you know, the budgets. But I'll tell you something. There has never been, on every level of government here locally, a more arrogant uh, 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 people. And it's one thing to be arrogant and have ability, but these people are arrogant with almost zero ability. Everything they touch turns to crap.
0: Appreciate your call. It's 958 WNBF. Terry in Binghamton, good morning. You're on the air.
4: Good morning, Bob. I, I have a question, a statement and a question about this abortion. Now, all of a sudden, it's just not the pregnancy being eliminated, but all other female problems that have to have different kinds of stuff removed. Now, we talk about in in the Christian uh, religion, you can't have birth control <clears throat> You can't have uh, you know any of that stuff taken out unless it's really necessary. So how does that affect a man? If he's if he has a vasectomy, he's automatically thrown out of our religious group because he's interfering. And if he has
0: well, it it depends. It it depends what specific. Religion, you're talking about. It's not just. Well, it's. It, you're making like a general statement about Christianity, and that's that's overly broad. I mean, it depends on specific churches and, and what their what their views are. I mean, some Christians are able to do uh, a wide array of things. Well, well, others are not uh, able to based on their faith and beliefs.
4: No, I, I I understand but I'm I'm saying we're crossing over into what is private in your own house. And if a man has a vasectomy, that's considered controlling uh, babies being born and all that. Right. And then if, he, if he's young enough and he has prostate problems, they can say, well, we're, we're going to look at this. And if it looks suspicious, you have the choice either to take it out or not. We're under our rulings is you can't take it out. And and we're getting so mixed up on the word abortion, but it's kind of tripling into healthcare of a woman.
0: Yeah, it's complicated, very very complicated, and unfortunately, the way most media coverage handles this issue, and I'd say generally, almost all issues, it's it tends to be overly simplified. Terry, I appreciate your call. We will. Take a brief break for the news, and then we'll be taking more calls. I'm Bob Joseph on WNBF Binghamton. It's 10 o'clock.
1: Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. Here's Kathy White.
2: Good morning. It's 80 degrees at 10.04. Forecast for today. Looking for the heat to be the order of the day. As the humidity continues to build, our dew point's already getting into the upper 60s to around 70. Already, our heat index is at 83. Today is expected to be the hottest day of the week, with a heat advisory in a place for Broom, Tioga, and Tompkins, starting in about an hour, going till 8 p.m. Residents encouraged to take precautions against heat-related illness, as the heat index values could go as high as 100 for the warmer valley and urban areas in our advisory region. Remember to limit time and exertion while outside, especially in the heat of the day, and drink plenty of fluids. If you have pets, bear in mind they are also affected by the heat and should be provided with a cool place to rest, plenty of water and shade, and keep them off concrete and asphalt where temperatures can quickly get hot and burn their paws. Never leave pets or people unattended in a vehicle even with the windows rolled down. WMBF News Time 10.05. Owego police say they were called in to break up a huge brawl on North Avenue near Main Street last week. Police say the trouble was reported about 9 p.m. on July 25th when responding officers found a big brouhaha involving dozens of people. Owego police, the Tioga County Sheriff's Office, and New York State Police stepped in to control the situation as around 40 people were involved in a big argument and fighting. Several individuals were issued appearance tickets for Owego Village Court for disorderly conduct and fighting. The news release from the Village Police did not name any of the defendants and did not say just how many of those 40 people said to be involved in the brawl were actually charged. Owego Police are announcing the capture of a teenage fugitive last week. Village Police Department says 18-year-old Aiden LaForest of Owego was arrested under a warrant issued by Athens, Pennsylvania for a theft. The teen was being booked when he escaped from custody. In addition to the petty larceny count, LaForest has escape and resisting arrest added on to his charges. He was turned over to the Tioga County Sheriff's Custody. WMBF News Time 1006. The Broome County Land Bank and First Ward Action Council have the keys all ready for a new homeowner to move in to the first renovated home of the year located in the city of Binghamton. The groups have announced the completion of work at the single-family home at 33 Linden Street that's now available as an affordable homeownership opportunity for low-to-moderate income individuals and families. The house was renovated with the help of grant money from the state land bank's New York State Attorney General Community Review Vitalization Initiative Program. The City of Binghamton also contributed $100,000 to assist in the completion of a series of affordable housing projects. The latest property for sale on Linden Street is listed for $95,000. Anyone interested in learning more about the home or the process for purchasing the property can contact the project's realtor. That's Mike Rizzo from Century 21 Savara. The phone number is 516 578 is 8328. Inquiries can also be sent via email to targetsh at aol.com. Well, a piece of New York State's downtown revitalization initiative money that went to Tioga County has gone to a business that's now open as a way for other properties to also be refreshed and renewed. Home Central held the grand opening of a new kitchen and bath showroom and design center in Owego this week. The showroom in an over-century-old building at the corner of Fox Street and Central Avenue is the result of a major fix-up to the old building itself. In a news release announcing the August 2nd grand opening, Grand Central. Central said the location gives the community the chance to keep business in the area and make home improvement processes easier. There's been a huge increase in interest in home improvement and building projects, most recently during the pandemic as people were locked down and noticing all the work that could be done in their surroundings, both inside and outside their homes and businesses. The center offers a design center where homeowners and contractors can tour cabinet styles and finishes, countertops, windows, flooring, siding, and doors. The New York State Revitalization Initiative in Owego has been targeted at making substantial improvements to an area of Tioga County that have been hit hard by the historic flooding of 2011. Managers of the Fox Street business say having the showroom and design center available in Owego could serve as a resource that will help keep all aspects of home improvement and building in the community instead of being outsourced for services and materials outside the southern tier. WMBF News Time 1009. The WMBF Twin Tiers forecast heat advisory is in effect for Broome, Tioga, and Tompkins counties from 11 a.m. until 8 p.m. Today, increasing clouds, hot. 30% chance of showers and afternoon thunderstorms, a high in the mid-90s. Heat index values as high as 100. Mostly cloudy tonight, a 60% chance of showers and thunderstorms, a low in the upper 60s. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy, 60% chance of showers and thunderstorms, high in the upper 80s. Saturday starts off patchy morning fog, otherwise partly sunny. Sunny, 40% chance of showers and thunderstorms. A high near 90. Sunday, mostly sunny and hot. 30% chance of afternoon showers and thunderstorms. A high in the low 90s. Partly sunny on Monday. 50% chance of afternoon showers and thunderstorms and a high near 90. Currently, it's 81, the heat index right now at 83. It's 1010 where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. (laughs)
0: There's a morning with Bob Joseph, WNBF and WNBF.com.
4: I know you say you're ready to change, but I need to get it down with paper. It's in your face, you're ready to blame, the first guy in line to catch the train. I'll save your seat, cause you don't snap a wall.
0: Alright, 607-772-1290 with WNBF the station. That really helps get things done around here. Give us a call. I'll get some things done if you want. 607-772-1290. If you send an email, I would think. I would think there's a, a possibility it could be right on the air. So send it to Bob at WNBF.com. Begin the hour, in Vestal Dave. In Vestal, you're
9: on. Yes. Good morning, Bob. Hey, you know, Bobby. You know, I'm I'm kind of shocked because I'm trying to think back any time that I ever disagreed with Ron. I mean, I love him. He he has such a brilliant mind. But th- this is the time. Uh, <laughs> you know. The tsunami is going to hit, Bob. The abortion issue is is not going to play very big now because we're not normal. In normal times, he could be right. But the way the Democrats came into power, dismantled a lot of things. The things that they've done about border, fossil fuel, crime—they've weakened our military. Some inflation, recession, and the and the big thing is parents in an uproar over what's going on in their school. That's going to supersede. I've got to believe the abortion issue now. It, it could play some, Bob, but not big enough to stop what's going to happen. They're going to take a bath, and they deserve it. It's just going to happen.
0: Well, it happens every time, anyway. Uh, in midterms, the the party in power always loses seats in in the House, and and sometimes can lose uh, seats in the Senate. So you, you know, it's it's not. It's not really unexpected. the The big question will be how many seats will Democrats lose in the House. I can't. I can't foresee a way the Democrats retain control in the House of Representatives. I can see a possibility of retaining sort of control in the Senate, just like they have sort of control now, but they really don't because of people like Mansion and. Uh, uh, our good friend from Arizona, whose name momentarily escapes me, but Kristen Cinema. Thanks. Right. So, I mean, you know, some some might even call the two of them Dinos, Democrats in name only. I mean, they're they're Democrats when it's convenient. They're taking staking out Republican type positions on some issues when it's convenient. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm saying that's in say in West Virginia or Arizona. You want to uh, try to please as many of your constituents as possible,
9: right? If they would have came into power about it and did things a little differently, maybe wise enough to keep everything intact at the border, you know, if they would have done things a little differently, then I think this would have played much bigger what the Supreme Court did. But given everything that's happened, I believe they have no chance at all.
0: Well, you never know. It, it could, in fact, be uh, quite accurate. The problem, not the problem, the challenge right now is so much still can happen in the next three months. Between now and November 8th, who the heck knows what will happen? That's <laughs> uh, I think it's almost 100 days, and again, not to... Bring Putin's name into it because nobody likes hearing about him. But whether it's Putin or the leader of China or the leader of North Korea or, for that matter, the leader of Canada, who knows when some suddenly they'll do something provocative, and then then we have to. And when I say we, that means the United States government ultimately will have to decide how to respond. What if what if our so-called friends north of the border in Canada turn on us and you know start? start threatening doing uh military exercises or something out uh you know not far from the from uh, our uh, territorial waters i mean what then what do we do then
9: yeah you know yeah what do we do then to, if china attacks what if they invade taiwan and we promise to help them well, what happens then i right? know
0: it's it's potentially yeah. mm-hmm. it's potentially mm-hmm. a mess
10: Potentially. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yep.
9: So all right.
0: Well, we'll we'll see what happens. I appreciate your a call on our Thursday program. Coming up next on WNBF, Republican candidate for the United States Senate, Joe Pinion. Next, live on this radio station. WNBF WNBF.com. the Ill- WNBF, WNBF.com with Bob Joseph. On a Thursday morning, we welcome back to the program, Republican U.S. Senate candidate Joe Pinion. Good morning.
11: Good morning, good morning. Good to join you.
0: Where are you today?
11: Uh, in the city right now, on uh, en route to Chautauqua County, so... Uh, Again, traveling the state far and wide to let people know they have a chance to have a choice in this election. And then after 24 years, uh, we, the people of New York, can tell Chuck Schumer, thanks, but no thanks.
0: What part of the city are you
11: in? Uh, So we're driving through uh, the Upper East Side of Manhattan now on my way to meet uh, a couple of the other statewide candidates, Michael Henry, who's running for attorney general, and uh, Paul Rodriguez, who is running for comptroller, and then going to... From there, proceed to uh, to head up north.
0: Yeah, how's traffic this morning?
11: Not too bad, actually. Can't complain. So, you know, this is the the small perks uh, of a Thursday morning.
0: <laughs> exactly. I was listening listening to the, uh, the traffic and weather together this morning on on WCBS eight eighty, and it sounded like it was relatively uneventful compared to uh, a little earlier this week. You never know what to expect.
11: Yeah, absolutely. But, no, we're we're excited to be on the road again and just letting people know that, yes, we've got the final push here, less than 100 days until Election Day. Every day is going to matter. Every county is going to matter. Uh, and if people want their voice to be heard, they have to show up. 3.3 uh, 3 million people voted for President Trump in this state, quietly as it was kept uh, just a short two years ago. If all of those people show up again to let their voice be heard, uh, we'll be in good shape. But beyond that. Um, If people, whether they be left of Bernie Sanders or right of President Trump, uh, have decided that what has happened in New York State is wrong, uh, the poverty that is out of control, the crime that has run rampant, uh, the inability to keep food on the table uh, because of the inflation that has bankrupted our families, uh, then this is the moment where we can send the message that the man who has accumulated power in our name has failed us time and time again.
0: Senator Schumer seems proud of the Inflation Reduction Act. That's what he's called it. Uh, do you think he should be proud of what's contained in that legislation?
11: Well, I think he should be embarrassed on two fronts. Number one, it is a Inflation Reduction Act in name only. We have taken to calling it the Inflation Expansion Act. Uh, No sane person and certainly no person with any type of economic know-how would propose raising taxes in the middle of what we know is a recession, whether the Democrats want to admit it or not. Uh, No person of any good conscience would be running around trying to say uh, that the bill is a done deal when he has even secured the votes to get it done. And so this is what we've seen time and time again uh, with Senator Schumer. What he does best down in D.C. over a 42-year period is waste our money and squander our dreams and the opportunity that comes around once in a lifetime. And so uh, this bill still needs uh, to find that last vote to get across the finish line. In some ways, we hope it doesn't find uh, that vote, but also his inability to do so. Uh, demonstrates that not only is he ineffective in crafting the policy, he is also ineffective at getting the policy passed. And so uh, he says he brings home the bacon. Uh, Americans writ large and certainly the 19 million people in New York, they can hear their belly rumbling uh, because the things we need to survive have not been provided.
0: Speaking with Joe Pinion, Republican candidate for the United States Senate, just give me a sense of How your campaign is shaping up. Here we are about three months till the election. And some people would say anybody, any Republican who attempts to challenge Democrat Charles Schumer, who's the Senate Majority Leader, is uh, is just unrealistic that it's it would seem to be impossible there's a guy with name recognition there's a guy with seniority there's a guy with vast sums of money to uh, many would would suggest oh, just coast in for another six-year term so for those who might perceive this election that way what would you say what would you respond to those who think that this is uh, you know David versus Goliath
11: well, look, uh, I, I think this is certainly not a David versus Goliath fight. This is more Lawrence of Arabia, both of which seem improbable when you're following a traditional uh, roadmap. Uh, I think for us, we knew from the beginning, certainly he has advantages. But my grandfather told me a long time ago, in life, your greatest strengths often become your greatest weakness. And the things that were traditionally a strength for Chandler Schumer, uh, they are no longer a strength. Yes, he has an-
0: Well, we lost our connection with... U.S. Senate candidate Joe Pinyon. and oh, here we go. I believe we we have him back. Joe, you're back.
11: Yes, we're we're there. I okay, think <laughs> thank you for happened. quick redialing. Yeah, the the, the all powerful. They uh, they just cut off the phone when you say something they don't like. But look, the truth <laughs> if is, only they uh, really
0: had such powers.
11: <laughs> I I say in jest, but truthfully, uh, look. The, at the end of the day, uh, you have a man whose name no longer precedes him in a way that benefits him. When you have only close to 70 percent of independent voters in this state saying that they are dissatisfied with the job that he is doing, Uh, his name ID does not help him. Uh, When you have, in some ways, uh, close to 60 percent of the minority community saying they are dissatisfied with the job that he is doing, that is not name ID that helps him. And so we just have to go out there uh, to let people know that if you can hear my voice, if they can hear your voice, uh, that they have the power to remove him. Because he has been in D.C. so long that every spoiler I go, I find people who ask me, what district I am, am I running for? Uh, because they have forgotten uh, that it is the whole state that he represents and that he has two hats down in D.C. One as the senior senator for our state and the second as the Senate Majority Leader for the nation. And in both of those offices uh, that are paid for by your tax dollars, he has failed to deliver results for you and your family. And so uh, that is not an easy climb. But it is certainly the work that we have taken to in earnest. And I think with three months to go, people are waking up to the reality. And there's more than meets the eye here when it comes to Pinion versus Schumer on November 8th. Uh, it is going to be the fight for our future. And if you don't show up, you cannot be upset about what befalls us.
0: Joe Pinion, the Republican nominee for the United States Senate in the race in New York against Charles Schumer. Thank you very much for joining us. We'll keep in touch with you. And also, in fairness, we welcome Charles Schumer to come on the program anytime. I have an open-door policy for all U.S. Senate candidates.
11: Absolutely, and I appreciate it. And people can go to JoePinion.com to learn more about our mission because this is the year uh, that we will tell people if you're unhappy with the world as it is today, we're going to stop voting for the architects who built it. Uh, That is Chuck Schumer. And with your help, together, uh, the people all across the Southern Tier, all through Central New York, uh, will stop having the poor outcomes that are a direct result of his neglect.
0: Joe Pinion, thank you for your time. Travel safely. Hope you have a great day. Thank you so much. Have a good one. It's 1025. I'm Bob Joseph, live on a Thursday morning. This is WNBF, 1290 AM, 92.1 FM, also streaming at WNBF.com. Our phone number? 607 772 1290. And the email address is bob at wnbf.com. This is live and local radio. Enjoy. Almost three. from WNBF Binghamton with Bob Joseph on the air for another 90 minutes. And then I can go out and about around the triple cities to report the news of the day because that's what we do. We bring you breaking news on air at 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and on the internet at WNBF.com. This is the station providing the local news that so many people crave. Let's take a look at the weather forecast. Looks like a very special day for meteorologists everywhere heat advisory will take effect in 30 minutes. The heat advisory will remain in effect until 8 p.m. Here's the full forecast from the National Weather Service. Mostly sunny today. A slight chance of showers, maybe some thunderstorms. In the afternoon, high 96, the heat index 100. Mostly cloudy tonight. Showers and thunderstorms likely. Low 69. Cloudy tomorrow with a chance of showers and thunderstorms. High 88. Partly sunny Saturday. A few showers and thunderstorms. High 90. And then, for those who need it, the Sunday forecast mostly sunny with a chance of showers and thunderstorms. In the afternoon, high 92. Right now, it's a sultry 86 at News Radio WNBF. Feels like 91 downtown Binghamton so what should you do of course you should stay hydrated With the heat index today between 95 and hundred you will probably want to take it easy because heat illnesses could occur drink plenty of fluid stay in an air conditioned room stay out of the Sun check up on friends and relatives and neighbors Even strangers. If you see, if you're out and about today in a park or someplace, or a parking lot, if you see someone who looks like they need help, ask them if they need help. If they don't respond, call for help. Don't ignore. If you see somebody who may be having a heat-related illness, get on the horn. Call 911 and get get the medics over there to to assess we don't want anyone to be hospitalized or possibly to die because of the heat young children and pets can never be left in vehicles under uh... any circumstances unattended so take precautions be careful uh... do your best i know sometimes people say "Oh, it's the media making too much of it well Yes and no. Yes, it's too much. If if you already know and are fully aware of the uh, risks of uh, weather conditions like this, I can certainly appreciate where you think it's like, okay, we get it. But sometimes some people don't really get it. So, yeah. We're doing our best. Striking a balance. By the way, in addition to the heat, scattered thunderstorms will develop late this afternoon and evening. And a few storms could produce torrential downpours and strong gusty winds. So please pay attention to what's going on. That is what I recommend. Paying attention to what's going on. It's Thursday morning here at WNBF. I'll tell you one thing that's going on. The cider mill. The Cider Mill is open. Yes, they're open for the season. Tis the season to be jolly now that the Cider Mill is open at 2 Nanacoke Avenue in Endicott. They have all your favorite sweet taste of fall. I know you're saying, but Bob, it's not fall yet. No, but it will be fall before you know it and so you get a fall preview donuts and candy apples and of course the best cider in upstate New York and on a day like this nothing can possibly cool you off like a cider slushy the cider mill today is opening day experience the fun the pleasure for yourself and for your family cider mill is open daily 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. to Nanacoke Avenue enjoy the cider mill as I say tis the season For me to be jolly. And you too, with the Cider Mill and Endicott. Sten 35, this is WNBF and WNBF.com. Looking forward to talking with you about the issues important to you and your family. Are you a. WNBF at 1039 with your sweet dreams on the radio. Well, here is uh, more nightmarish news from the world of journalism. The world of journalism. And uh, it pains me to bring you news of this nature, but uh, if you support local journalism as much as I do... And I suspect most, most local journal, uh, most uh, people, area residents, do support uh, the local reporting, especially the kind we used to receive. So the word from our friends at Gannett, the word today is not good. And we'll just say thanks to Jeff from Binghamton, who has been tweeting out some information about what sounds like more ominous news for those of us who spend hundreds of dollars I admit I spend hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars in fact over the years I have spent thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars supporting helping in my own little way to support Gannett in its Binghamton operation in fact. I might, in in the interest of full disclosure, there was a time when, technically, I guess I might might have been viewed as a Gannett employee. Actually, probably from a legal standpoint, an independent contractor because I delivered their delightful paper called the Evening Press and the Sun or the Sunday Press as well back in the day when such publications existed. So, um, the first newspaper first newspapers I read were Gannett Publications, the Evening Press, and then in 1971, when Gannett decided to buy the Sun Bulletin, I read that. Of course, confidentially, I liked the Sun Bulletin. As I recall, I enjoyed the Sun Bulletin even more when it was an independent paper, before it was part of the Gannett Empire. But um, the reality is, by 1971, I don't think the Sun Bulletin was in a position to survive. Because, you know, talk about David versus Goliath. The Sun Bulletin was attempting to run a daily newspaper in Binghamton in the shadow of a Gannett paper. And if I'm not mistaken, Gannett was known, at least then and probably since then, Gannett was known to sometimes do things like undercut competing newspapers in terms of the pricing both for um, single copy and subscriptions and also pricing for advertising so they could, because Gannett was such a big thing even back then they could put the squeeze on the small independent papers and make it virtually impossible for them to survive. So Gannett bought the Sun Bulletin in 1971 and then uh, well, you probably know what they've done since then. Anyway, uh, Jeff from Binghamton has been tweeting out some information including the shocking, shocking news that um, more staff cuts apparently are coming to Gannett. So... Jeff from Binghamton on Twitter wrote, uh, after reporting poor second quarter results, Gannett then sent an email to employees advising them that more staff cuts are coming in the next few days. So isn't that the way a company does it? They, They tell the analysts that their performance in the second quarter was not good, and then Send an email to the already overworked and underpaid Gannett employees saying, oh, yeah, more of you are going to be out of work before you know it. Jeff from Binghamton on Twitter wrote, Gannett unveiled pending staff cuts in the earnings release at least an hour before the company-wide email went out informing the workers of layoffs. According to This quote from the email to Gannett employees. In the coming days, we will be making painful but necessary cuts to staffing. So my assessment is just based on performance. The Gannett executives no longer care about reporting local news. They do care about attempting to extract as much money as possible from communities like Binghamton, Elmira, Ithaca, Kipsy, Westchester, and Rochester, and as much money as they can possibly squeeze from news-starved consumers, they'll continue to do it. And you know, to if if we had a guy similar to Patrick Dehan, not Gas Buddy, but someone called NewsBuddy.com, and he was. Going to talk to us about pricing for newspapers and news content, whether it's print or digital, and say, well, it's not overpriced. I mean, it's what the market will bear. So if the people at Gannett sell newspapers during the week in Binghamton for $350 per copy, and uh, papers in Rochester mysteriously for $349 per copy, if People are willing to pay that, then the product isn't overpriced. Same with their digital subscriptions. But we need somebody, you know, News Buddy to explain what's really going on in the industry because it's just—it's shameful to me. Again, this is my opinion, and it doesn't reflect on any of the rank and file Gannett people or the rank and file people for any of their locations in New York or other states. So also Jeff from Binghamton wrote on Twitter based on this earnings call, Gannett will be apparently unloading more real estate to pay down debt. Well, it's, it's already done that here in Broome County. They sold their fabulous place on the Parkway, which is now home to a UHS building across from the university, they uh, wound up selling their fabulous printing plant that they operated for 12 years, only 12 years, a $50 million printing facility in Johnson City. They sold that to you, the people of New York State. So that was a double whammy. New York State residents subsidized the construction of that printing facility, because it was part of a a brownfield reclamation project. So Gannett got breaks to build it where it did on that old Endicott Johnson site in Johnson City. Then they operated the printing plant for 12 years before they pulled the plug and put nearly 100 fine people out of work. And then they wound up selling the old printing plant to the university. So state taxpayers get it coming and going. As far as I know, Gannett still has no local newsroom for places like Binghamton, Elmira, and Ithaca. So their reporters, I assume, they have to work from home all the time. The guy who is the Gannett CEO, his name is Mike Reed, during the earnings call, apparently he said resources will be realigned in view of reduced revenue projections. Although, according to Jeff from Binghamton, he still touts the value of local reporting in today's highly charged environment. How he could possibly indicate he values local reporting when you see what's happened with papers in places like Binghamton, Elmira, and Ithaca. He doesn't support local reporting. He supports making as much money as possible from local reporting. But look at his newspaper in Binghamton today. If he supports local reporting, here's a case in point. Again, I confess, I paid good money, good cash money for this newspaper to have it delivered because I support local journalism and ultimately I support Gannett, or I have for decades. So here's page one. One story is Dateline, Washington, about the president's order regarding women who will seek abortions. The second story is about gun permits in New York State, written by a reporter for uh, the Journal News in Westchester. Another story is New York tax relief by a great journalist, David McKay Wilson also from the Journal News in Westchester. And the other story on the front page is about Ukraine. Ukraine grain shipment from AP. Dateline Istanbul. Now, there are two stories, two local stories, tucked in on page 2A, mysteriously. You know, if you want a local newspaper, put your local news on the front page. At least they had the stories about the Northside shooting in Binghamton, and also a crash that happened in Sydney. Put those pa- uh, stories, such as they are, put them on the front page. At least give the illusion you're putting your front or your what little local news you have. Put it, put it up front. But anyway, again, I fully support everybody at Gannett at their local sites, and I mean everybody. From the executive editor to the journalists who are still working to the photojournalists, sports people, thank you for the work you do. You have my complete support. I will stand by every journalist in this community. And that includes the people working for the Press and Sun Bulletin and PressConnects.com and also all the support people. I mean there are people who deliver. You know, there's some people who are delivering newspapers early in the morning while you're sleeping. Sometimes they're delivering 1100 newspapers. When I had a paper route, I delivered maybe 70, maybe 90. I don't think I ever got even that close to 100. Some of the people who are delivering your newspaper Are delivering on multiple routes and in some cases some mornings delivering more than a thousand papers I support them I know they work hard and if any anybody from Gannett is listening remember you know you're you're doing the right thing by doing the best you can under difficult circumstances so I commend you and I commend the other journalists in town TV and radio. There aren't many of us left, and I know everybody, those who've been reporting for a while and those who are just entering the field, I know people are doing the best they can in the face of some extremely challenging circumstances. And I, even though it looks pretty bleak now, at some point I still am optimistic that things will start to change in some ways now we're not going back to the so-called good old days when city council meetings were always staffed by reporters and meetings of the county legislature and the meetings of the town and village boards were staffed by reporters and school boards were covered intensely that's not going to happen i i accept that but i also do you think that it's time for every media company to reassess what their role is so they can strive to invent reinvent themselves as needed to make themselves relevant in their communities i think that's important 1053 of course you know where i stand six zero seven 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 two twelve ninety Bob at WNBF.com. You're listening to News Radio WNBF. Mo. WNBF.
4: Bob
0: Joseph, Thursday morning live on WNBF. And WNBF.com. I read the news today. You go to Greater Ithaca. Joe, you're on the air.
1: It's depressing. Stop the presses. But uh, It's not all bad. You know, I say I'm Greater Ithaca. I'm actually in between Ithaca and Cortland. I do my entertaining in Ithaca the business in Cortland. And you're probably aware that Cortland has a real newspaper.
0: Cortland Standard.
1: Yes, and I get that delivered. And just like you say, they Here's, here's the front page from Friday, July 29. It shows a man. Here, big picture. takes up half the page here. It says, Brian Brown, the president of Trinity Valley Dairy and Homer, is considering joining Farm to School Program by providing dairy products. And it goes on all about that. Now, of course, uh, you can get the Cortland Standard delivered, yeah, uh, via mail that's the only way you get it now you know a printed a printed edition and they have a good uh, online edition with that and they have a lot of local stories and, and maybe you're aware that they have the printing press right there you can actually see the paper rolling around you know with that
0: actually i wasn't aware and maybe someday i'll just go to courtland to to chat with them to see about a real local paper that still prints locally you know one of the things yeah. that that galls me ...is how they took, how Gannett took that uh, printing plant in Johnson City, pulled the plug after just 12 years, and now all the papers, Binghamton, Elmira, and Ithaca, are printed outside Rochester, and then they're trucked to us, probably in a little minivan, and... You know, so we we now we now have no late breaking news deadlines that used to be as late as one or two a.m. now have been pushed back to five p.m. So you get no late breaking news ever.
1: No, it's not. It's but they're delivered via mail. It's a paper, just like the Cortland Standard. Yeah. It, well, and you get it in the mail.
0: Well, you know, well, I'm not anyway. uh, as much as I love the print edition, I. I think I've said on the program, even if Gannett just announced, say, as of today, the August 4th, 2022 issue was the last print edition for Binghamton, Elmira, and Ithaca, and I would say, okay, as long as they actually started hiring some reporters to cover our towns, and I I would gladly get my news online if that's the way it had to be, but the fact is, they make these cuts in terms of print service, and then they continue to cut in journalist positions
1: you well know, two things the, the courtland standard is a family paper actually you can meet the gentleman that runs it and it's handed down and so on like that and it does have reporters you can get online and you could see the different telephone numbers for the different types of reporters etc also court or syracuse newspaper is very robust and they go in depth with a lot of local stories they've done a lot about how the uh, Assessments are out of whack, you know, like that.
0: Yeah, that's the type of stuff we used to see in the Binghamton paper frequently. Hey, Joe, unfortunately, we've got to take a news break. I appreciate your call. Bye-bye. And indeed, we will continue our community conversation in a few minutes on this Thursday morning. I'm Bob Joseph on WNBF.
1: Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. Here's Kathy White.
2: We have a good hot one in store for us today. National Weather Service saying the regular temperatures could be in the mid-90s. Heat indexes higher than that. National Weather Service in Binghamton is projecting the heat index values to possibly climb into the triple digits today as the mercury gets into the mid-90s and dew points come in at the upper 60s to low 70s. A heat advisory is in effect for Broome, Tioga and Tompkins counties from 11 a.m. till 8 p.m. New York Governor Kathy Hochul yesterday issued a call for residents across the state to prepare for the extremely hot, uncomfortable and dangerous spike in heat and humidity. Heat index values were projected to reach into the hundreds in parts of the southern tier including Binghamton and possibly in the triple digits for the mid- Valley Capital District in New York City. The values could only be slightly lower in the 90s in the Finger Lakes, New Central New York, and Mohawk Valley. New York State Department of Health says the heat is the number one weather-related killer in the United States, even though heat-related illnesses and deaths are preventable. Two Tompkins County men are accused of possessing child pornography and exploiting children. New York State Police say 42-year-old Ian Marsh and 22-year-old Matthew Marsh, both of Enfield, were arrested Tuesday and charged with felony possessing a sexual performance by a child. Officers from the New York State Police Bureau of Criminal Investigation and the Computer Crimes Unit conducted the investigation after authorities got a cyber tip. The men have been ordered to appear at the Enfield Town Court later this month. An Owego man is facing felony charges after village police investigated an attempted assault on Temple Street. Police say 24-year-old Brandon Barney is charged with felony criminal possession of a weapon and felony attempted assault with a weapon. That weapon was identified as a knife. Police provided no details about the reported assault attempt or the attended victim. Barney was turned over to the Tioga County Sheriff's Office for his booking through Tioga County Centralized Arraignment Court. With school just around the corner, local health officials are keeping a close eye on the infection trends for COVID-19. Recently, there's been a drop in overall new cases, but the number of serious illness requiring hospitalization and the deaths in the southern tier have been up as the new variant of the coronavirus has rapidly spread. While the number of people in the hospital in Broome County reported yesterday morning was down slightly by eight from the previous day, the 42 was more than double the report from one month earlier. In an unusual development this week, Broome, Cortland, Delaware and Tioga counties all reported an additional COVID death. Broome's death toll now stands at 536, while Cortland now has 127 fatalities. Delaware, 82, and Tioga County's morbidity from the pandemic has risen to 87. Shenango County's death toll still stands at 124, where it's been since June 21st. Several of those counties reporting a loss this week had not had a new death from COVID for a month or more. The health department officials continue to urge people to get vaccinated and get up-to-date on boosters, but also consider wearing masks indoors in public places and maintain good hygiene, social distancing, and stay home when sick. A measure to recognize the 211 informational phone service as a vital resource when dealing with emergencies in New York State has final state legislative approval. Assemblywoman Donna Lopardo of Endwell had introduced the bill that would activate 211 during disasters. The Democrat points out the clearinghouse for all kinds of information has been vital during such natural disasters as the flood of 2011, but most recently during the health crisis of the COVID-19 pandemic. $400,000 more has been allocated in the state budget, bringing the funding for the phone hubs to $2.4 million. The additional funding will help to develop a statewide database of services, expanding the reach of help from individual communities to statewide resources, and to set up a centralized website to facilitate facilitate resource inquiries, and provide reimbursements for activation in areas experiencing a disaster. Well, right now, the issue we have is with the heat and humidity, a heat advisory in effect for Broome, Tioga, and Tompkins counties until 8 p.m. Increasing clouds today, hot, a 30% chance of showers and afternoon thunderstorms, a high in the mid 90s, the heat index values as high as 100. Mostly cloudy tonight, a 60% chance of showers and thunderstorms, a low in the upper 60s. Friday, mostly cloudy, a 60% chance of showers and thunderstorms high in the upper 80s. Saturday, start off with patchy fog in the morning, otherwise partly sunny, forty percent chance of showers and thunderstorms, and a high near ninety. This is where news breaks first. News radio twelve ninety WMBFWMBF.com and ninety-two point one FM. News
4: radio
0: I'm Bob Joseph. This is the third hour of your live local radio program. I encourage you to call 607-772-1290. Or, if you wish, send an email to bob at wnbf.com. A cool summer? Are you kidding me? Let's hit the phone lines as we celebrate a cool summer. Dave from Binghamton, good morning. You're on the air. Good
10: morning, Bob. Uh, yeah, this summer is great, uh, but it's been
0: quite a while. Hey, your phone. Your phone uh, signal quality is uh, extremely, extremely poor. Are you able to uh, reposition yourself or do something to improve the overall quality?
10: Sure. How is it now?
0: Oh my gosh!
10: Amazing, huh?
0: Yes, it is
10: amazing. <laughs> so I'm uh, calling in regard to. Um gas prices uh, again you know it's a, a constant uh, concern um and basically cuz i was looking at at stuff in pennsylvania and pennsylvania did not lower their gas uh taxes um yet sheets and the um the other one like scranton Bay area um it's actually a lot lower than Binghamton when um when when pennsylvania raised their gas taxes before it was actually um, higher than than the Binghamton area, and even right over the border in Great Bend, um, it used to be cheaper until Pennsylvania became the second or third highest gas tax in the in the U.S. Um, so, but now with gas down in um, Scranton area, uh, what did it say? It was something like, um, well, actually, some places like Mount Pleasant, that's the Pittsburgh area, it's uh three thirty nine already. Um, 395 in Smithton, Harrisburg 399. Um, So the fact that Pennsylvania has higher gas taxes didn't remove taxes uh, to to have a tax holiday, and they're that much cheaper. That that just again proves locally, you know, that sitting uh, uh, fat and happy with what you know they think the market would bear instead of passing on the lower prices they were paying to us is a little um, disheartening that they would do that uh, locally, in my opinion.
0: Well, like um, the gas buddy, Patrick DeHaan, said, hey, you, you pay what what the market will bear or you charge what the market will bear so i was driving around today of course i saw the one station we discussed on the program wednesday still with 419 cash 429 credit and then go a little further up front street and see uh the locally owned chain with a posted price i want to say i don't know if it's four what was it 449 for, for cash and 459 for I don't know. Maybe it's down a little bit more, but the fact is, there was a huge disparity between yep. uh, those two stations, about two and a half miles apart, or whatever. But it's like anything else. If if you plan your life accordingly, you could save money. You know, if you right, and- if you go if if you buy lots and lots of stuff, say at a place called, really they call that one place, um, Bob's Club where I ran into a guy, he's a farmer in Pennsylvania. I actually tanked up my car today, and I was talking to uh, the guy, and he said, yeah, yeah, or I asked him, what do you think? You know, the gas prices are coming down. He said, well, yeah, that's okay, I guess, but I'm a farmer, and the diesel prices are still high. And, uh, of course, he comes into Broome County. uh, He says, about once a month, go to Bob's Club to buy some, you know, bulk Bulk stuff, food and stuff like that, and then he goes back. You know, he he's he's busy as a farmer. He's busy, but anyway, yeah. We we commiserated a bit about uh, regional gas prices and and diesel. Yeah,
10: and and when people say you know it, it's what the market will bear, that's kind of a misnomer in a way because if there's not a choice, the market is going to control it without the people being able to control the prices. So if right, well, it's would just like go to that. 419 or to um, the 439 Speedways in Western Broom or different things like that the, the larger um, chain in the area would actually say okay well maybe we need to lower it because that's what people actually want uh, instead of most people just saying well it's right here so I might as well stop
0: Well it's just like here, here's another it's not a perfect analogy but since, since I paid for these newspapers I'll use these as uh, exhibits A and B in one hand, my left hand, I'm holding the Thursday edition of the New York Times with a cover price of three dollars. In my right hand, I'm holding the print edition, the Thursday edition of the Press and Sun Bulletin with a cover price of three fifty. Now the let's let's analyze what we have briefly with the New York Times National Edition, so it was probably says printed in New York, so I think it's printed at their plant College Point Queens, maybe. I don't know if they closed that down, but anyway, so you've got a 24-page A section. You have a... Of course, they can't assemble the paper correctly, so that's, that's you know, they get points off for not having the sections assembled correctly. Then 8-page B section, uh, I think the C section is six pages today and the D section also is... So anyway, it's a big newspaper. Big and bulky. Not as big or bulky as it used to be, but still a $3. I think I think that works. On the other hand, presence on Bulletin, consisting mostly of uh, wire copy and stuff they found from USA Today, contains... A total of twenty-four pages, with uh, little local content, and then a uh, uh, what used to be a local entertainment section called the Go it says Go Binghamton, and let me see if it has a single Binghamton editorial feature.
10: And the answer. It would still call Good Times. It would.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, not, now they should rename it Bad Times. Uh, all the editorial contents for Go Binghamton is AP or USA Today. Now, to their credit, and the reason why they still have this print section, they uh, do have a few local ads, and hence, that's why they have Go Binghamton, even though there's no Binghamton-based editorial content. Anyway, that's a long way of uh, pointing out that people around here, some people, dumb people like me, can be compelled to pay a substantial amount of money for a binghamton paper even though it has very 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 little local content most days versus the big beefy bulky new york times with all the news that fits you know for uh... with a cover price of fifty cents less and then you know additional salt in the wound as we reported that guy jeff from binghamton was tweeting the uh... gannett news are today announced that he was going to make more so-called painful cuts to local newsrooms. Now I ask first of all, you know, Binghamton not apparently having a local newsroom, you know, forcing whatever uh, journalists we still have based in Binghamton and Broome County to work from home. So I guess I guess he'll probably make announcements by going to their their homes and talk to them personally, but. You know, how, how sad is that, that the guy, the guy and his colleagues, his predecessors, already have, have decimated most of their community papers? There are a few exceptions. Some of their bigger papers, say in Rochester and Des Moines and Indianapolis, are, haven't been totally decimated. I mean, but right now, so many of Gannett's papers across the country have been turned into virtual ghost papers
10: exactly and to go on to the pricing of the papers and the the volume in it i guess to the volume of sales and you know for the papers to downward spiral you know they charge more people are like ah it's not worth it to do it anymore so they lose subscribers so they charge more with less uh, product and then it continues down that way gas stations uh should be kind of similar you know higher volume should be like okay we're going through this volume it's popular that's low you know. We don't need to charge as much to make the similar profit, but it just stays up, even though you know the parkway has a much that's higher. That's because volume.
0: people, ne- most people, need gas a lot more than they need mm-hmm. news. People, True. people need gas to get to work or to do shopping. Unfortunately. Uh, I personally believe people people need news, but most people don't treat news that way. I mean, obviously, as a journalist, I believe every American needs news, but not everybody in America feels the same way. So if they're looking, especially in this era of inflation, if they're going to be looking for additional places to save money in the household budget, what's the next thing to cut, possibly? If they still get the print, edition of the paper, or maybe they just get a print copy on Sundays, will they consider cutting it? I hope not, because again, despite the poor choices being made by Gannett Management, I still crazily hold out hope for the enterprise. Ditto. Yeah. I mean, we need it. You know, some people would say, well, Bob, you're effectively, you're working for a media competitor. Well... Yeah, if you look at it that way. On the other hand, I'm first and foremost a resident of the Binghamton area, and therefore I want ultimately what's best for every resident around here. And I maintain that everybody in the southern tier needs to still have a daily newspaper, just like they need to have a news talk radio station. We need it, in my opinion.
10: And. And you would probably agree that more news is good news, not the old saying of "no news is good news." Exactly. More news is definitely
0: yeah, the, good news. the only people who think less news is better are the Gannett executives and local officials. Local elected officials are are more than pleased that the stuff they do is not getting properly scrutinized, and and the fact that. You know, There's so little pressure for them to even show up on this program to answer questions. That's all you need to know. I think in the past, one of the reasons why they might have come on the program is because they figured, well, if, if they didn't, then somebody else in the media would say, uh, that's interesting how this elected official won't come on the area's only daily local talk show to answer questions. But now they know the only person who's going to get... Um, who will make a, an issue out of it as the host of the program. But other than that, nobody ever says well, it actually actually makes sense. Even in New York City. You know, the mayor of New York City, Dave is very, very busy. He might be even more busy than the mayor of Binghamton but he still does regular interviews with New York City radio TV and cable stations as well yeah, as newspapers. 9,
10: 770 and 880 yeah. and all those. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, you know, but again, I can understand, you know, he's not as busy as the mayor of Binghamton. It's 1122, news radio, WNBF, WNBF.com. I have a few questions, and fortunately, sometimes they get answered. Vinny from Binghamton, good morning.
12: Hey, good morning, Bob. Yeah, I want to just talk quick about the Kansas um, outcome down there, the votes. I think that just just the big interesting thing and I call it just interesting is that you know a, a red state like that voted against you know the whole thing with abortion and and I think they, they just agree with like what I say. I just believe that the when it comes to abortion I just believe that the the Supreme Court should have just passed it along just like the previous pre, Supreme Court did. Our federal government, the state, county, city, town, I don't care if it's a little a hamlet you stay out of a decision of a, of a couple or people or whatever when it comes to this issue. We, you don't need to be involved. And when the federal government passes it on to the state, no, it doesn't work that way. No, you guys aren't passing it. No, nobody should be involved with your decision. It's a very personal, traumatic decision. It is up to you, not the government. That's my that's my issue on that. And and, and, and the, I mean, that's just straight. Now, we've got we've got a couple months to go for the election, so we'll see how it goes. Um, you know, as far as uh, I think a previous caller talked about the um, the Democrats and how we make our, um, uh, our our military unsafe and not secure. You know, I don't know when you guys are going to quit dragging out this old carpet and tell us new. You guys have been doing this since Mike Dukakis. Of the last two presidents, Osama bin Laden was the mastermind behind 9-11. George Bush had years to get this guy, and he told the American people, I don't know where he is. He could be in a cave. Obama gets him. Got another guy out there. Oh, Donald Trump doing his talk. Joe Biden gets him. So, you know, I don't want to hear anything about the American people and, and um, um, the, our troops, because you see what just happened. It took a comedian. To get you Republicans in straight to vote on this 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 act, it took a comedian to get you guys straight. Just just nonsense. And then Pat, I saw Um Tumion from Pennsylvania. He's not even running anymore. I don't know why they even had him on him. He's gone. They got and is going to be in his place. But that's that. But one more thing. I hope everybody saw this in the paper because this is what I've been talking about. Is in Wednesday's edition. British Petroleum in, um, earnings soar as profits from the raising prices. talk about, and this is so crazy because we're not even talking about annually. We're not even talking in a year. We're talking in a quarter. Shell posted last week $18 billion quarterly profit. Exxon, $17.85 billion. And then we've got Chevron, $11.62 billion. Nick Butler, uh, a visiting professor at King's College and a former um, BP vice president, said the figures are likely to make BP and other oil companies uncomfortable given the pain of high energy prices that are causing for consumers. This is what I'm saying. This this is nonsense. Oh, it's because of inflation. Oh, it's because of – no, it's not. These guys are just, just hosing it.
0: Well, the other thing is, instead of investing their profits into more refining, uh, virtually all of the companies, I think all the big oil companies, are plowing uh, many of the billions of dollars they've made in recent months into uh, repurchasing their stock. So that'll help their stock price go up. So, again, ignoring ignoring the apparent need of, uh, at least for the time being, of, of more oil and gas to be brought to market. Now they're going to take action instead of... Uh, I mean, and Patrick Dehan has talked about this. We didn't touch on it Wednesday when he was on the program, but just how how bad the refinery capacity is in this country because um, most of the U.S. refineries are old and not in particularly good shape, so that means we're always always on the verge of a major refinery Uh, having a catastrophic problem, explosion, fire, or just mechanical problems, so they have to be shut down, and say, hey, if um, a big refinery in a particular region is offline, that's when you start to see those price spikes that can happen overnight with prices going up 30, 40, 50 cents a gallon, not because it's really necessary, but because it's it's a glitch in the system.
12: Well, absolutely, Bob. And here, here's another. There's two things that are going on here, to me. Okay, it's right there in front of us, in front of you. It's right there in the news. He even talks about this vice president VP even talks about it might be time for the government calling together the industry to find a plan to get us through the winter without uh, putting those very high prices into ordinary, you know, passing them on to ordinary consumers. And and the consumers got to understand something. And that farmer that you talked about who came. Because he has to get diesel. That's the key. You see, these I've been in this industry for 19 years of the selling and all that kind of stuff. I'm about to leave it in uh, two days because I'm moving on to something different. But diesel is your moneymaker. Diesel is where you make profits. And death is even more. Gas, you, gas is just for just a little bit and people come in to buy some groceries and stuff. No, diesel is where you get it. And when you see these big places that have a lot of truckers, these travel centers, Diesel is where they make money. But when you see diesel higher than gas, that affects our food products, all everything, because those truckers move our, you know, they say, if the truck stopped today, we'd be in bad shape, huge shape. They move our product from cross-country to the oceans to wherever. The truckers move this stuff. If they've got to pay these high prices, it trickles down. And that's what I'm trying to say. When you see diesel prices as high... What oh, oh, was inflation? Oh, this is what's causing it. Do you see these record profits? Amazon, um, um, Facebook, they never made this much in a quarter, ever.
0: Yeah, sad commentary. Appreciate the call. We've got more calls coming up. The number is 607-772-1290. I'm Bob Joseph. You're listening to News Radio, WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM and streaming live at wnbf.com Want to-
8: City. All around people looking half dead walking on the sidewalk harder than a match.
0: WNBS. But tonight it's a different world.
4: Go out and find a girl. Come on, come on and dance
0: all night. Enjoying summer in the parlor city.
5: Don't you know it's a pity the days can't be like the nights in the summer
0: in the city. In the I'll be out summer, tonight around 11.45 cool cow, on State Street.
5: With the, so <laughs> <so> cool
0: <laughs> cool the entire radio cow, gang. Sandy from Port Dickinson, city. good morning. Hello, Sandy. Sandy? Well, Sandy was going to talk about newspapers. Which is an interesting topic. You might have thought I had run out of things to say about newspapers, but um, getting back to some of the newspapers and the fact that some, as a previous scholar mentioned, some actually do a lot of real news. The Daily Review in Tawanda does a lot of daily news. The Rocket Courier. The Rocket Courier, I believe it's in Wyalusing. It's a weekly paper. And fortunately, one of my colleagues has an opportunity to grab that paper on a regular basis. And it's just filled with a lot of local content. And it's also not that expensive. Yes, it's only out once a week, but there's a lot of local content and trust me, Binghamton Paper could still have lots of local content if they only had enough reporters. They just don't have enough reporters because that's a policy decision. So Gannett made a policy decision. And let's face it, it's been going on for decades, but it's it's now Devastating to the community and the fact that the guy in charge of Gannett today is talking about even more painful cuts should be even more worrisome. The other thing to realize, and we know in March, the Press and Sun Bulletin and many other, I think more than 100 other Gannett papers across the country dropped the publication of their Saturday paper. So, no print editions on Saturdays, and we already know they're not doing print editions on holidays anymore. So, the next thing that'll happen in Binghamton and other small Gannett markets will be the dropping of more print editions. So, I don't know what they're thinking is. All I can figure is they'll drop print on Monday and Tuesday because they're, if you look at the content on Monday and Tuesday in terms of revenue-generating advertising, um, typically there is none or next to no local advertising. Now, the local papers still do make a substantial amount of money from printing your obituary. So the good news is when you die, at least for the short-term future, when you die, your name can make it into the newspaper if your family can get together enough money to pay for your obituary. And most people usually do that because they want to inform friends and relatives in the community of the death of a loved one. But it's not cheap. It never was really cheap, but now it's more costly than ever. And of course, as we previously reported, they won't even, you know, the final indignity in your life. They won't even agree to print your obituary photo in color just to save money. But, you know, if you wanted your obituary photo in color, you should have died earlier because now they just won't do it. So, oh, and they also make a lot of money off legal notices. So if they lost the revenue from obituaries and legal notices then I'm sure they would probably eliminate print at least six days a week. And who knows, I still think in the end, probably in just a few years, it'll come down to a single print edition in places like Binghamton, and it'll be called a Saturday edition that they'll probably print Friday afternoon. So it'll be a weekend edition, and they'll deliver it to you Sometimes Saturday morning. And then you can look at all the comics, color comics at such a reduced size. So if you don't have 2020 vision, good luck reading, attempting to read your color comics in your weekend edition. And then you can go through the ads. Fifty years ago, times were different. It was 50 years ago When the guy who was the publisher of the Binghamton newspapers, Robert Eckert, announced that the Sun Bulletin would begin publishing for Southern-tier readers on all holidays, beginning with Labor Day. Mr. Eckert, who also was publisher of the Evening Press and the Sunday Press, said the new policy will mean that for the first time in history, at least one Binghamton newspaper will be published every day of the year. Mr. Eckert said, according to a story that was in the Evening Press 50 years ago, Mr. Eckert said there is no blackout of news on holidays and we believe there should be no newspaper blackout either. So you can see how the philosophy of Gannett has changed drastically over the years. It's 11.38 at news Radio WNBF, WNBF.com. If you want to talk about the news, if you want to talk about gas prices, if you want to talk about delicious ice cream, what's your favorite unusual ice cream flavor? We should have started that earlier, especially today. I'll I'll tell you about my favorite ice cream flavor of all time, and you can tell me yours as well. 607-772-1290 or send an email to bob at wnbf.com. 1142, Bob Joseph with you on your Thursday morning. This is WNBF and WNBF.com. Enjoying the hot fun in the summertime and thinking of ice cream because in 17 minutes and two seconds I can leave the studio and go grab ice cream. So, what is your favorite flavor? Many people ask that of me, and I'm always pleased to reveal my favorite flavor of ice cream. It's called Dastardly Mash. Dastardly mash you can't get it anymore you just can't get it anymore because the people that gave us the dastardly mash ice cream they got taken over by unilever a conglomerate and they pulled the plug they pulled the plug they won't make it anymore um in fact It was only available from 1979 through 1991. So the best ice cream ever, best ice cream flavor ever, was available for approximately 12 years. Ben and Jerry's, dastardly mash, consisting of chocolate ice cream with pecans, almonds, raisins, and chocolate chips. And by the way, Go to Ben and Jerry's in Vermont. You can go to their flavor graveyard, and sure enough, there's a headstone for Dastardly Mash. Here lies the brazen, or rather, here the brazen dastardly lies. Some say that raisin caused its demise. Because there were stories over the years that the reason Ben and Jerry's pulled the plug on the Dastardly Mash variety. Wasn't because it was so tasty and so good. There were claims that it's because the raisins that they put in the ice cream gummed up the machine, the big ice cream machine. And I don't know if that's true, but anyway, I can see where if you put raisins into an ice cream machine, maybe it could gum up the works, and maybe that's why they stopped making it and haven't been making it for more than three decades. So I see an interview with the guys called Ben and Jerry. Yeah, they're real guys who actually started selling ice cream in a garage in Vermont. Um, So they were talking in this Esquire interview a few years ago, and Jerry says, oh, it's why he killed dastardly mash, referring to Ben. Ben. And Jerry says, it's not that I miss it that much. It's just that every once in a while, Ben is wrong about something. And then Ben says, hey, I came up with that flavor. And Jerry admits, well, Ben came up with all the flavors. Jerry admitted he never came up with a flavor when he was working at Ben and Jerry's. So Ben says, dastardly mash was one of my children, and I killed it. It was chocolate with nuts and raisins and chocolate chips. It was doing good and everything was fine, except I was starting to not like the raisins because they were mushy. Americans in general don't like mush, people want crunch. So Ben said it's because the raisins were getting mushy. So ultimately, he says that's why they pulled the plug. I. I have heard that it caused problems with the ice cream machine, that they would kind of gum up the works. Uh, So it says at one point they came up with another flavor that was similar, New York Super Fudge Chunk, which was very close to dastardly mash. And then they did cut the amount of raisins in dastardly mash, but Jerry says people who didn't like the raisins still found them and they weren't happy and then the people who liked the raisins couldn't find enough of them so nobody was happy and Jerry says anytime I go around where people are talking about their favorite flavors they always say why did you discontinue it and Ben says well the usual response is because you didn't buy enough but again it still comes down to you don't pull the plug on the best flavor. Even if it wasn't the best-selling flavor of all time, it was the best flavor of all time. But they won't bring it back. Now, they have a thing on the Ben & Jerry website where you can click, and it says, Resurrect this flavor. Now, this is all just a gimmick. It's basically to keep people like me from going to Ben & Jerry's or calling them to bother them about bringing back dastardly match. So they have this thing on the website, which allows you to go through the motions of saying whatever flavor that you miss, why you would like them to bring it back, and then what they do is they collect all your information, including your email address, and then they use it for marketing, for things like their monthly newsletter. So you know, does it mean if if I click and fill out this form and ask them, pretty pleased, to bring back dastardly mash ice cream, does it mean there's a single chance in Hackensack that it's coming back? Of course not. Does it mean that I'll start getting monthly newsletters and other marketing messages from Unilever and their Ben and Jerry's division? Of course it does. So... Oh well, we can we can always can always reminisce. We always have our memories of dastardly mash ice cream. That's what made summer special for about 12 years. It's 11:49. I'm Bob Joseph. We're 11 minutes from ice cream time here at WNBF and WNBF.com. Hey, hey pe- Joseph, Thursday morning.
4: Anything you want. You, you got, got it. it. Anything you need. You got it. You got
0: it. WNBF, you got us, uh, including local talk every morning from 9 to noon. Way it ought to be. Of course, you didn't see our story uh, at WNBF.com, or maybe you didn't hear on the WNBF news. People were contacting us. From um, Vestal over in Western Broome County, people wanted to know, what is going on? We hear these explosions. Come on, man, who's who's exploding stuff? Why does it sound like my house is being attacked? Or why does it sound like my house was just hit by uh, a vehicle? One of our listeners contacted WNBF News, Bob at WNBF.com. He said... Um, We're hearing very loud bangs that are shaking the houses. In fact, it was going on uh, late Wednesday morning, so we looked into it. He said it sounded like a cannon going off. He said he could feel it in the ground. Then we contacted somebody who also lived on the same street, who actually happens to be a pilot and a flight instructor. He said it sounded like a sonic wave, but that guy told us he wasn't worried because he had heard this before, maybe about a year ago. Uh, heard some blast, and he knew where it was coming from. It was actually coming from across the river at Tri-Cities Airport, which, if you look on a map, is really directly across the Susquehanna from this neighborhood in Ross Corners. And it turns out the Endicott Police Bomb Squad was having a training set a session late Wednesday morning, and... So they were detonating some, I'm not sure if they were training devices or actually devices that had been seized and had to be, as they say, taken care of. But anyway, there may have been maybe four explosions. So anyway, if you were in that part of Vestal or perhaps even in Endicott, uh, that's what the noise was yesterday. spoke with the Endicott Police Chief Patrick Geary, who did confirm that the bomb squad was conducting training, and they do some training there at Tri-Cities Airport, sometimes other locations. But anyway, if you ever hear something weird like that, something like explosions, and you don't know what the story is, feel free to send me a note, WNBF.com, and we'll look into it. Sometimes there's a good explanation, and it's innocuous. Sometimes it could be something more dramatic. So we appreciate inquiries. Bob at WNBF.com. We're here for you. I'm Bob Joseph on WNBF. The Illuminati. Remember, a uh, heat advisory is in effect until 8 o'clock this evening. Please be careful if you're going to do anything outdoors. Try to stay inside and do your best to keep cool. I'm Bob Joseph. We mission accomplished. And, of course, I promise to be back here tomorrow morning from 9 to noon to continue the mission right here on News Radio, WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com.